Welcome to the journey with Mpo Podcast, a sacred space for healing, love, and rediscovering your life purpose. Introducing your host, Mpo. Welcome to the journey with Mpo Podcast. I feel humbled, excited, and so honored that you have stayed on this long. (laughs) This is the third episode, so you must really love spending time here, which, if that's the case, please review and rate the show on your listening platform. I would love to hear from you. Also, I have some great news. We're now officially available on iTunes, so welcome to the iTunes family. Aloha Podbean and Spotify users, I am blessed to have you all here. In today's episode, we dive a little deeper into the anxiety and depression realm. I share a short story about my personal experience in this realm. Later on, for the book snapshot segment, we bring in the show's producer, Colin. In the meantime, are you ready, relaxed, and comfy? Let's get started. I am one of those poets who write successfully when they are unhappy, depressed, and in a dark hole. I would not consider myself a happy poem poet. I think I connect truly, truly with my higher self when I'm in dark spaces. And so I wrote this poem as a grounding reminder of who I am, because when I was going through my depression and anxiety, I wasn't able to write for the longest of times. And I said, okay, let's make it easy. Let's ground you. Who are you? Where do you come from? And what do you have to say? And this is a very short piece. It potentially doesn't answer all those questions, but it gave me the release that I needed and the foresight and direction that I needed. I wish I could go back to my fifth grade class and change my answer to what I want to be when I grow up. I wish I could sit my 10th grade, well-meaning English teacher down for a conversation. Yes, psychology would have been a bad and poor career choice, but do you know how happy I am when people heal just by having listening ears? Do you know how I haven't been able to lock down a good career with my finance degree? I, my mother's firstborn, my 16-year-old sister's footstep creator, I, my grandmother's first grandchild, my family's pride and joy, I, an immigrant searching not for a better life, but for a better way to love, be present and content. Anxiety, I have learned, is the symptom, not the cause of emotion. It is alarm that goes off when you're in the wrong place, not serving your purpose and ignoring your calling. Anxiety is your beckoning call. It's the tugging that won't stop tugging until you do something. For every individual, the story is slightly different. So let me paint you my picture. 
I'm three months into a job that looks nothing like the college cum laude dreams my degree possesses, but I need the money and medical insurance so my sanity can wait. Six months in, and depression is the monster that sneaks up on me, grabs my throat after anxiety tried to warn me. Living with back-to-back anxiety attacks and depression felt like constant suffocation, and the sensation made it hard to eat or focus on eating since you're worried you won't have enough oxygen while chewing. Eating, my brain will say, is a dangerous activity, so I trick my body. Nibble here, nibble there, see, we're not really eating. Everything is scary. I had never had a panic attack in a flight before, but as the plane is about to take off, I feel death and I panic. There goes my mind insisting that this plane is too small and I can't breathe in here. I go to work and waking up feels like dying. I watch my soul drain from both my eyes and body. I have become like my parents, stuck in toxic job situations, but sometimes, You have to do the things you don't like to do to get to do the things that you do like. And besides, if the job does not kill me, then the bills probably will. See, I had gotten really good at negotiating the silence of my dreams, at accepting that maybe we're not all meant to be somebody. I was in a dark place for six months straight, and nothing was helping until I discovered sound healing therapy. As a patient, led by a sound healing practitioner, you go on an out-of-body journey. My purpose for this was to heal my emotional and physical self. The sessions are usually an hour long. Music is created using Tibetan singing bowls, sound baths, the practitioner's voice, and gongs. Initially, all I felt was heart-wrenching pain and darkness. But by the third session, I began to feel a white light wash over me. My throat and crown chakra improved significantly, and I built up the bravery I needed to overcome anxiety and depression. I resigned from the job, even though they had asked me to stay. I realized the situation was like being in an abusive relationship with a lover who promised to change every time you threatened to leave, but if you stayed, things would still be the same. During this time, I was reading The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F by Mark Manson. The book confronted me with truths my anxiety did not want to confront. In part, it equipped me with the willpower to fight for my health. For this book's snapshot segment, I have a guest who happened to be reading the book at the same time I was reading it. Meet Colin, the show's producer. Welcome to Journey with Mpo. So let's dive right into the questions. What do you think inspired you to like read the book? How did you get about reading the book? Well, to be honest, uh, I picked it up because it has a very bright orange cover, <laughs> and I am animalistic at heart, so <laughs> I picked it up. It had a lot. Of, it had a swear word in the title, so I mean, you can't you can't beat that. But um, after I picked it up, it sat on my bookshelf for three months at least because That's you know funny. I was I was just thinking I already don't give too many F's, you know. <laughs> So why do I need to read this book? It turns out it doesn't teach you how to not give an F. It teaches you what to give an F about and make sure what you're giving an F about is important. In your personal opinion, what would you say the author was trying to communicate by writing the book? Has it affected you? It's definitely affected me. Uh, I, I, I think, 
I mean, he's a millennial too. Like he's, he's mm-hmm. on the older side of the millennial, but you know, he just, he just described his journey, which is also my journey seeking life's purpose in all the wrong places. You know, he talked about, mm-hmm. you know, sleeping his way through Europe and like just trying to hit a hundred countries and, you know, basing his value off of how, mm-hmm. how well traveled he is. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he was always so excited starting something new and that excitement faded so quickly. Um, as quickly as it came, as definitely. quickly as it came. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm in my twenties, you know, you're in your twenties and that's kind of what the purpose of the twenties is, <laughs> is to sifting through yeah, all that junk. Yeah. I mean, some people choose to get married and have kids in their twenties and some people choose to go try to find themselves in Europe or, you know, in, in a third world country or wherever, you know, they go, yeah. they try to use these, these different, different settings to find themselves. I think for me, the scariest, I think I treated the book as a challenge. I was reading it at a time where I wasn't doing a lot of confronting. And the book is basically like, this is your fault. Mm. You're, you've kind of effed yourself, basically, you know, and the only way to get out of it is to get yourself out. No one's coming to help. There is no help. And when you're young, you always have the help. You'll have your mom or you have your parents jump in to save you. But 22, 23 feels like, well, you're an adult. We trust you. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. So go ahead and do that. So I'm reading the book and I'm seeing all the things that are wrong with my life, but I have no idea how to go about getting myself out. And so I'm ripping the pages, but I'm loving them at the same time. I'm mm. like, I love this. This is a great idea. This is brilliant. But I'm like, oh, I mean, that, I still got that crappy job. Right. Well, I mean, this, this kind of, <laughs> this kind of comes back to one of the things he, he talked about in the book, which was, you know, everyone's chasing happiness, but, mm. but happiness is not, is not what we think it is, you know? And, and the simple definition that he came up with was that happiness is the solving of problems. You know, so even though you don't quite know how to solve them right now, but the book is shining light on the problems that yeah. you get to solve, which yeah. eventually will lead to happiness, yeah. right? So you now can see the light, and that's why you're so excited to read this book. Yeah. Colin, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. We know you were a little bit out of your element, but we still appreciate that you spoke on a topic that you seldom really publicly speak about. We appreciate you. Colin Mann, guys, is a man of many talents. He's obviously the podcast's producer. He's also a photographer and videographer. Check out some of his work on kalamic.net. That's C-A-L-A-M-I-C dot net. As we near the end of this episode, I'd just like to remind you, that life will take you through so many things. It is important that you get comfortable with the healing process, that you familiarize yourself with it, that you know how to restore yourself, how to take time out and just take good care of yourself. Final notes for this episode. During my healing season, I learned a few things. (laughs) So I created a list. I'm a list person, so here goes. I learned Remember to always spare some self-love and care time. This is a hard one for me since I was raised by a mother who believed that one ought to be selfless, even if it is at the cost of your happiness. 
So as a child, I equated love to self-sacrifice plus acts of service. One cannot give from an empty cup. This creates what I'd like to call the cursed blessing. You are a generous person, but because you are empty, you are bitter about being the person who always has to give. Therefore, your giving blessing is cursed. Two, I learned that sometimes saying no will make you the bad guy. But when it comes to protecting your sanity and happiness, be the bad guy. The cost of mental dis-ease is not worth succumbing to situations and people you would rather not succumb to. Three, be patient. The storm does eventually pass. Breathe through the panic attacks and depression. Feel their full depth so the waves can stop coming. Four, connect to the love and disconnect from negativity. It will make your journey worthwhile. Five, don't engage your body's need to distract itself. This is a difficult one because when you're hurting and you're unable to focus on your healing, your first instinct is to distract yourself, go out with friends, get drunk, but I'd like for you to focus on your healing. Crowds fill the depths of your emptiness. Uncrowd yourself and heal in the loneliness. And the real final thought is, remember to check on your okay friends, the strong ones who always got everyone's back. I wish my looks weren't so deceiving. My friend recently admitted the reason he doesn't check on me often is because his mind is incapable of envisioning a pained me. My smile is the curve of sun-kissed rainbows after a storm, my eyes. The ocean always waving in hope, waving out evil in the darkness, so how could it be? How could a frown make its way to the temples of a goddess? I am known to war with demons, to dig my hands into the dirt of pain. I am known to worm my tongue into the voice of the voiceless when it comes to pain. I won't ask you about the weather and how you are. It's me you're talking to. How is your heart? How does it feel to hold your breath in spaces where you don't have the freedom to be yourself? My mother taught me a bad habit she learned from her mother. The women of my family look good so they can conceal how they feel they believe. No one will ever know you're starving if you look good. And this habit worked for 21 years. I was a professional at masking the tears, but age 22 and 23 felt like a show of dancing in the devil's fire. Age 24 no longer has the effort to keep up with the hairdos. Why bother concealing the pain only to have it make love to your death wishes? And in 21 days, I will turn 25. Now I know this version of me has learned not to play hide and seek with the devil. It is success to live amidst your demons, to listen to them dance you into insanity. It is success to live in the noise and keep your cool. It is success to not take your life even though you feel dead. I wish my looks weren't so deceiving.
The next episode will be very, very interesting and exciting. I'm skeptical of spilling all the beans, so do listen in. But just to give you a little bit of a hint, I'm interviewing a close friend, Ensign Park. Let's just say I'm doing a little surprise for the journey with Mpo audience to celebrate my journey in South Africa, my journey in my place of residence now, Hawaii. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. Catch us on Instagram at Journey with Mpo. We also have a website at journeywithmpo.com. We're on Podbean, Spotify, and officially iTunes Ohana. Remember, in your season of distress, trauma, anxiety, and depression, take care of yourself, restore, heal in the best way you know how. I love you guys so very much. Have a wonderful week, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Mahuluke, Kyotaba, Riwile, Aloha. Baby, 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 baby.